0: We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with the series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another
1: message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and we're certainly glad, my friends, to be on the air again today with the wonderful message of the wonderful grace of God found in the wonderful Word of God. We're going to look at a, a topic today... That uh, that has real practical impact in your life. So I hope you'll listen very carefully because I want to say some things to you. Uh, I just want to talk to you straight. Uh, You know, there's an expression where I come from down south that says, "I just put it waist high right over the plate where everybody can get it." And I want to do that today with you and talk to you very plainly, very clearly, and very uh, pointedly, frankly about uh, some things that, that you need to consider from God's Word about your life, because I want to talk to you about an issue that you're going to face in your life, an issue that's going to be real to you, and that is the issue of physical sickness and physical healing. The Apostle Paul says, I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Uh Jesus Christ was very, very clear. Uh John chapter number uh thirteen and uh verse number verse number twenty, when he was talking to his uh the apostles in the upper room the night before he died, he's very clear. He says, Verily, verily I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Jesus Christ was clear that when you receive whomsoever he sends, you receive him. That's why the apostle Paul would say, I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle, the sent one, the one that Jesus Christ sent to the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Uh, Paul told the Corinthians, be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. If you're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in the dispensation of the grace of God, then you're going to have to follow the ministry that Jesus Christ gave to you and gave to me through the Apostle Paul. You say, well, what about the other apostles? Well, that's what they were. They were other apostles. If you went to Peter today, if if you could do what the, the jokes all say, you know, go up to heaven and stand at the pearly gates and talk to uh, St. Peter, you know what Peter would tell you? Peter would tell you, follow the apostle Paul because he is God's spokesman for the dispensation of grace. How do I know that? Well, in Galatians chapter number 2, Paul went to Jerusalem and communicated the the revelation that Christ had given him, communicated that to the Jerusalem saints, to the 12 apostles, as it were, uh, to Peter and the other apostles and the men and brethren there. And the Bible says that they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, Paul says, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. Notice very carefully what it says. Now, Now you need to listen to this because this can change your life. It'll certainly change the way you study the Bible. Peter Paul says here in Galatians 2, verse 8, is declared to be the apostle of the circumcision. That's the nation Israel. Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles. That's different. When James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they under the circumcision, when Peter, James, and John, the leaders of the Pentecostal church, the leaders of the circumcision believers, saw the message and the ministry as the apostle of the uncircumcision that Christ gave to the, to the apostle Paul, those men, Peter, James, and John, gave to Paul and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship that, that Paul would be the apostle of the Gentiles, go to the heathen, and they did the circumcision. They recognize the distinction between their ministry and Paul's ministry. And someone says, well, they were just taking the same message to two different groups of people. If you can read English, or if you can read Greek for that matter, but you don't have to have Greek. Just read English and read the verse, verse 7 and 8, the gospel of the circumcision was committed to Peter because he is the apostle of the circumcision. The gospel of the uncircumcision is committed upon. Now, that's two different gospels. You can't have a gospel of the circumcision and a gospel of the not circumcision. (laughs) I mean, if words mean anything. Now, I know what people say. Well, they say, well, it it shouldn't be of them. It It should be to them. But that won't stand the test of the Bible, won't stand the Berean test. How do I know? Well, to say that Peter was had the gospel to the circumcision is to deny the commission that Christ gave him when he said this gospel should be preached into all the world to every creature. Well, folks, all the world, every creature includes uncircumcised; it includes Gentiles. So Peter was sent to every creature. You see, his commission was a commission that would take him to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world because the covenant of circumcision that God gave Abraham, and you'll remember in your Bible that's what circumcision is. It's the sign and the seal of the Abrahamic covenant. The covenant God made with Abraham said that in thy seed all the nations of the earth would be blessed. God told Abraham, I'll bless you, and I'll make you a blessing, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God's purpose and program with Israel was not simply to bless Israel and no one else. It was that through redeemed Israel, his salvation would go to the nations. But that program and purpose has been interrupted, and now God is sending salvation to the nations in spite of the nation Israel, in spite of her refusal to be that channel of blessing God intended them to be. There are two distinct programs in your Bible. One is called prophecy. It's what Peter said he preached, Acts chapter 3, verse 21, when he declared that he was speaking the things which God, by the mouth of all his holy prophets, have spoken since the world began. The other is called the mystery, the secret program. Paul says in Romans 16, 25, that he preaches Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Peter says he's preaching something that was spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Paul said he's preaching something that was kept secret since the world began. If words in a Bible mean anything, they're different programs. And Peter, again, if words in the Bible mean anything, would say to you today, You follow Paul because God has interrupted their program, the prophetic program, and introduced a new program with the ministry of the Apostle Paul. God isn't forming the nation Israel today. He's forming the church, the body of Christ. His ministry is not that of the 12 apostles today. It's the ministry of Christ through that other apostle, the Apostle Paul. That's why Paul said, I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify my office. Just as Moses was the great lawgiver to the nation Israel, Paul is the great grace giver to the church, the body of Christ. And my friend, there's a tremendous rebellion against the authority of God's written word in general, and the authority that the Word of God places in the Apostle Paul's ministry in particular. And there are very few areas. And, and by the way, this issue of rightly dividing the Word of Truth, the great distinction in your Bible is between the prophetic program, prophecy, and the mystery program, between the ministry that God has for the nation Israel and the ministry that he has for the church, the body of Christ, between the ministry that you'll find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the early Acts period by uh, carried on by the by the 12 apostles and by the ministry of that other apostle, the Apostle Paul. The distinction is the distinction between law and grace. And that issue is, there, there, are very, there, there are few areas where the rebellion against what God's Word actually says about this are more apparent than in the area of physical healing. Uh, physical healing is a great tool of religion, of all religions. Uh, It's a tangible way to force performance out of people by using the natural consequences uh, of our natural concerns uh, uh, that that we have. When you're playing on the natural concerns of any mortal, when you're talking about disease, the ultimate disease, the ultimate dis-ease, is death, of course. And outlandish claims about God's will and what God will do um, and, and so forth for people in and, and, and the realm of physical healings are made on every hand. They're held forth by all kinds of preachers, by every religion that ever has been. And the result is disillusionment and discouragement. The result is, especially when it's done by people preaching the Bible, the result is that people get disillusioned And they get discouraged because the fact of the matter is the death rate is still one apiece. Your physical frame still degenerates and still dies. And the fact of our own mortality raises its head in the face of the claims of religion and causes disillusionment as well as discouragement. The issue, pretty soon people think, well, the Bible doesn't work, and this is just all a bunch of superstitious nonsense anyway. And if they don't go to that extreme, there's that haunting feeling that God really doesn't love me, and God really doesn't have my best interest on his heart, and why, Lord, aren't you doing something for me this time? Jimmy Baker of PTL fame, uh, bless his heart, he's, he's, he's spoken out about some of these things, and in an issue of Christianity Today uh, where, where he was interviewed, he said it right. He said most of what is being preached today is just psychological preaching, the preaching of psychology the preaching of, of self-improvement and self-help and that kind of stuff, and the great fallacy, my friend, in modern preaching and teaching about healing is a failure to rightly divide the word of truth, a failure to recognize the distinction in God's program for the nation Israel and his program for the body of Christ. The, the, the big problem is not your faith. It's not you not having enough faith or living a clean enough life or letting go of enough of your failures or claiming and storming the battlements of, of heaven again. The problem is not your ceremonial correctness needs to be improved it isn't all of it isn't any of that the problem the basic fundamental problem is a failure to recognize what god's word says about his the distinction between his program for the nation israel and his program for the body of christ and thus you me or anyone else claiming promises god never gave us and then getting discouraged and having it be a burden and a problem to us when the things he never claim he never gave to us don't come to pass. For example, in Matthew chapter number four, when the Lord Jesus Christ began his ministry, Matthew 4 verse 23, Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria Verse twenty four says, And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those that were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. There weren't any failures, there weren't any misfires, there wasn't any waiting and claiming and hoping and thinking and, and saying it's there when it's not. There was a the visible, miraculous healing. Of all these different diseases, of all of them, not just the psychosomatic ones, not just the ones that that somebody thinks is there and maybe isn't and, and, and so forth, but of all their diseases, and they're listed, and he healed all these people. Now, the reason he did that was because he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was the Messiah. He had come to set his people, Israel, free. Moses had promised... Jehovah had said to them through uh, Moses, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. And he came to do just that. Matthew chapter 8, verse number uh, 16. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Not some, but all. Why did he do it? that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet that's Isaiah the prophet saying he took our infirmities and bare our sickness now that's when the that's when his taking their infirmities and bearing the sickness by the way was fulfilled folks wrongly sometimes tell you that the healing is in the atonement at the cross in the bible the healing is not in the atonement at the cross but it's in the coming of the messiah it's in the ministry that the Messiah performs in the midst of his people as he comes delivering them from their their, their sicknesses. Now, why is that? Well, Isaiah fifty, Isaiah chapter thirty-five had told Israel uh, seven hundred years before Christ came that they would see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of of, of our God. Isaiah thirty-five verse three, strengthen ye the weak hands and comfort the feeble knees. Say to them that are of, far, of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall uh, be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. You see, when they saw these physical healings take place, They knew God was in their midst. They knew God had come to save them. Isaiah 33, the very last verse, talking about the kingdom that Christ would come and establish in Israel and that Jerusalem would be, once again, be the city of the great king. He says about the inhabitants of that kingdom shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquities. You see, when Christ comes to set up his kingdom, he's going to do away. He's going to take the curse of sin away. And the reason for the healing in his earth in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the early Acts is to demonstrate that God was there. He said to them, if I cast out uh, demon devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. And it was a clear demonstration that the program at hand was exactly what God had promised the nation Israel. But you know, when you go over to Paul's epistles, you find things quite different. When you come to the end of Paul's ministry, he's not healing people. He says in 2 Timothy 4 that uh, Trophimus, have I left at Miletum, sick. In 1 Timothy 5, you see him prescribing medication for Timothy and his oft infirmities. Well, Paul was an apostle. He had the capacity at one time in his in his ministry to, to take a handkerchief from his body and send it across the way and heal someone. He did the signs of an apostle, and yet you see that the, the healing program was changed during his ministry, and what a great change it was. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 8, Paul talks about an infirmity that he had in his flesh, a... a, a an infirmity, you know what that is? that's a sickness, and he says in second corinthians twelve eight for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, and he said unto me, God's word to Paul was, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now that's a great change in the program. God's strength being manifest not in a miraculous healing but rather in the weakness of our flesh. Colossians one verse eleven says that we're strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. There is a strengthening of our inner man, even though our outward man perishes. That's why I wrote in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse number uh, sixteen, Paul says for this cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day we are strengthened in the inner man unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness you see the fruit of the spirit today is love joy peace long suffering the fruit of god working today is not to come and just to take all of the problems away But it's to give you a strength and capacity inside that says this light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You see, when God withdrew the healing program and set set the nation Israel aside, he replaced that with something far better, something far more appropriate for the dispensation of the grace of God in which we live. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, Verse 22, For we know, and you know this by the experience of life, that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the redemption, waiting for the adoption, rather, To wit, the redemption of our body. You see, there is a healing program for the body of Christ. It's the adoption. It's the redemption of our body. It's called, the event called the rapture. When he gives us a new glorified body, when we share in his glorification. But until then, we know that the whole creation, ourselves included, groan and travail and pain together until now. You see, There's a forgotten gift that God has given to you. People talk about gifts. Paul says it's given to you on the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Yea, all they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And it may be that just the simple fact that he leaves you here as a testimony and as a witness and as an ambassador for Christ... You're going to suffer. Ultimately, you'll suffer the failing of your physical frame, the groaning and travailing and pain together, and even the greatest weakness, the greatest disease of all, death. And yet, He's promised us something far greater that strengthened by His Spirit in the inner man, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. You see, He fills our hearts with joy and peace in believing. God's love for you is not tied to your health. It's not tied to your wealth. It's not tied to your circumstances, to your relationships with others. It's not tied to some ceremonial correctness you might perform or some commandment keeping you might accomplish. God's love is only tied to one event. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God's love for you is tied to the cross work of Jesus Christ, where he put away your sins by the sacrifice of himself and was raised again to give you his life so that he could have his life be in you and live out through you day in and day out as you walk by faith in an intelligent understanding of his word to you. God's word rightly divided will set you free. You don't have to be tossed to and fro today wondering why you're not healed why your promises why, why your prayers aren't answered why god you know why does it seem that god doesn't care or intervene into your life to give you deliverance you can know how to rest in his all-sufficient grace you can know how to fear not how to have inner peace and joy It's in believing. You can face the reality of your situation without fear, without phobia, and without falsehood, and live in it in victory, the victory of God's grace to us in Christ. The only way to do that is to trust His Word rightly divided. The Word of God rightly divided will set you free. Let me give you a free Bible study tape that will help you and go along with what we're talking about. In just these few minutes, I can only try to whet your appetite for you to understand that there's a key and an answer in God's Word, let me give you a Bible study tape entitled, Does God Want Me Well? What does God's Word really say about that? I'm talking about religion. I'm talking about what God's Word, rightly divided, says about that. Does God want me well? My friend, you can face the reality of life, and you can face it in the victory that God has provided you in Christ— with the the, the 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 uh the strength of God, the mighty working power of God strengthening you and your inner man unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, wherever you are today, whatever your circumstances, you can be filled with joy and peace in believing my friend, this is information that you need to consider this is a bible study that you need to 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 consider and to store up in your inner man to trust it and let it work in you for God's glory. Does God Want Me Well? That's the Bible study title. I'd be glad to give you a free copy of it. Uh, If you simply call me here, 888-535-2300. That's a toll-free number, 888-535-2300. You call. There are people waiting right now by the phone to, to answer your call. And we'll be glad to see that you get this free Bible study does God Want Me Well? 888-535-2300 is the number to call. You can also write me at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois six zero one zero eight. You can also find us on the World Wide Web. Where our, our web address is graceimpact.org dot org. That's one word: graceimpact.org. dot org. We're trying to be easy to locate. Trying to be easy to get in touch with. There's information from God's Word rightly divided that can transform your life. The excellency, the power of God's Word working in your inner man will give you deep victory in the details of your life, regardless of what your circumstances are. You see, my friend, your faith can rest confidently in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you. We want to help you with that. 888-535-2300. That's the number to call to get the free Bible study. Does God want me well? If you have other questions... A prayer request, you're, you're welcome to call, and the folks that answer the phone can help you with that, too, out of an open Bible. You know, there are also people in your area, right where this radio program is on the air, that, that love God's Word Rightly Divided and that are helping us keep this program on the air week after week. You need to be in touch with them. There's a there's an assembly that's meeting this weekend right where you are. Let me put you in touch with them, will you? This is listener-supported radio. There are people in your area that love the truth and want you to know about it. They're meeting this weekend. They would do you good to meet with them. You call me, 888-535-2300, and I'll be glad to put you in touch with the local group that's meeting around these wonderful truths of God's Word rightly divided in your area. Thanks for being with us again today. Until we meet again this same time next week, Maranatha.